It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League, its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. Well, there were lots of draws and lots of derbies in match week five, but the team that almost got relegated last year won its fourth straight game to start the season. Welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. My name is Mike. I am joined, as always, by Jared. Jared, how are we doing this week? I'm doing good, Mike. How about you? Um, well, if, if you don't take into account the performance of both our fantasy team and the Premier League team that I root for, then I suppose I'm doing fine. But uh, the combination of those two had a, a uh, disappointing weekend, shall we say. Uh, that's true. I mean, that coupled with some American baseball and American football results that didn't really sit well with me, it was a bad sports week, uh, weekend in general. Well, I mean, my Jets got shut out, but that was, yeah. you know to be expected the way they're playing. <laughs> I wasn't at all shocked by that. And I didn't have to sit through it because for, for some strange reason, there hasn't been, to my knowledge, a Jets game aired on on the TV stations I get at least the whole season. Now again, that that's being kind to us by not forcing us to have to watch their, their terrible performances. But, you know, there's only 16 games a year. I wouldn't mind seeing a couple of them, even if they suck. Well, it's strange, too, because Fox shows the New York Giants everything from showering to right. you know everything else. I'm surprised <laughs> that the Jets don't get anything. But Yeah, and I, I actually uh, thought for a minute that I might have missed something because I saw that there was a, uh, a something called Jets postgame on SNY, which is a sports station out of New York that does like Mets games and stuff like that and I was like oh are you kidding me or the jet did the Jets have some deal with SNY that all the games are on there and I just never knew about it no they, they weren't airing the game so it's simply that uh, the the networks are being kind to the viewer by not uh, imposing the crappy Jets performance on us to watch every week so thank you I suppose <laughs> um and at least the Astros didn't win the ALCS. I know that That's you, true. You're, you're a Giants fan, so you can't be thrilled with the, the results of the National League Championship Series. Yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't too well. I mean, for the Braves to blow a 3-1 lead, uh, yeah, that just hurts. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about this before, that I there's a side of me that, you know, the Dodgers have been good for a while. They haven't won it in 32 years. Um, you know, maybe... It would be nice to just let him have one now. 
you and I don't see eye to eye on that. However, I, I mean, you were you were riding that '86 game Red Sox crowd as long as it was going to take you, right? '86 years, uh, yes. '86 yeah, years. I, 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 uh, the the truth is, I I would like to think that I was a good sport in the sense of having friends and family who are Red Sox fans and being happy for them. You know, my grandmother, um, she hadn't seen a Red Sox world championship. And, you know, friend of the show, Luke, is a huge Red Sox fan, and he hadn't seen them ever win. And so, you know, there were plenty of people in our lives who, for whom I was happy. Um, that, that didn't make me any less furious at the idea that my team not only lost to its hated rival in the league championship series, but did so after being up three games to nothing. Yeah, the worst way possible. The worst way possible. So that that's I've never gotten over that. Um, but having said that, with respect to the Astros and the fact that they're cheaters, I did tell anybody who's a Red Sox fan that I came across that I really hoped going into the the seventh game of the ALCS between the Rays and the Astros, I really hoped that the Red Sox were going to maintain the record as the only team to come back from a three games to nothing deficit because I did not want to see the Astros advance. Yep. And I don't think I'm alone in that because every Red Sox fan I talked to wholeheartedly agreed and I don't think it had so much to do with the fact that they have the record for the only team to come back from three nothing. So... Uh, yeah, so we've turned into a baseball show, apparently. Um, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about the Premier League, and so let's get on with that. Again, it was match week five this past week, and uh, Jared, you counted up six draws? Six draws out of that's, ten games, yeah. That's something, and, and we had the, the rarely seen, perhaps the first of the year, nil-nil draw um, between Burnley and West Brom. I'm not sure we've had one of those yet because there have been so many damn goals getting scored yeah. this year. Uh, so uh, we will get into those games. We will uh, bore you with a, a bit of a recap of our fantasy team's performance. We know how much you love listening to that. Um, the short version is we lost handily this week. Bigly. Uh, bigly, exactly. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll cover some of the lowlights of that performance. One thing I wanted to do, though, um, and I apologize that I wasn't equipped to explain this better last week. We were talking about transfers, and, and specifically we were talking about the players that have been transferred from one team to another, even one league to another, and just sort of d- discussing the players themselves and what they might bring to their t- new teams. Uh, and the topic of the, the transfer fee came up, and I wasn't able to explain it. Um, because it, it seemed odd to my American sensibilities of how trades work in U.S. sports. Um, and it turns out that, that it, it's a pretty simple explanation for what that transfer money is all about. Again, I had uh, just sort of hypothesized on the fly, geez, could it possibly be because the the Premier League teams pay the entire contract to the player, you know, okay, here's your three years worth of money. That seems stupid. Is that what they're doing? And they're just getting compensated when they do a transfer by the new team? Yeah, that's not it. Um, We didn't really think that's what it was, but at least that would, that explanation at least made mathematical sense when we were trying to figure it out last week. Well, here's the difference between 
trades in the U.S. and trades in the Premier League that, that basically explains this all away. When you get transferred in the Premier League, your contract is voided. So you renegotiate a brand new contract with your new team. Your old team, however, even though they don't necessarily owe you any money on that voided contract, they did expect to have you for an additional however many years. That was the deal. That, that's what they were looking forward to when they signed you in the first place. And that's what they had planned their team around was for you to be there for, let's say, five years. But now you're getting transferred after year two. So the transfer fee, in part, is compensating the old team for the loss of you as a player for the following, you know, whatever, three years or, or whatever it is. Um, part of the money goes to the player. It's, it's less than 10%. Um, and a portion of that money goes to the player's representatives or agents. Um, so, but but the, the big chunk of it is to compensate the old team for the fact that they're not going to have those years of play by you anymore. Now, obviously, they don't have to the old team doesn't have to pay the player anymore either. Um, but uh, there's still some value to those years that they are no longer going to have with you now, even though they don't have to pay your salary. So that's that's the distinction, is uh, that the contract gets voided. And so um, there, there still has to be some money to compensate the old team. And there, there's some money going to the player as well, but it's, it's not a whole heck of a lot. The real money going to the player is whatever the new contract is that the new team negotiates with that player. So that's what that's all about. And again, I, I apologize I didn't have that explanation at my fingertips last week when we were talking about player transfers. Um, but it, it, that, that specific aspect of player transfers, the money side of it, just sort of came up in our conversation. And I should have thought of it ahead of time. But that's the answer to that. And uh, because of this, uh, this mea culpa with respect to the transfer fee discussion, uh, it seems like a great time to have yet another installment of everybody's favorite segment, Now What Did We Fuck Up? And this is going to pick up basically from the start of the new season. Uh, some, of the, some of the material, so to speak, um, is early August, so it's, it's post last year, but pre the start of this season. Um, uh, you know, because we, it just worked out that way that we hadn't had an episode or a, a segment of this, uh, in a while. And so this, this segment will incorporate stuff from basically early August up through now. So without any further ado, and I wish we had some imaging for this, some sort of introductory song. For, yeah, that would be great. We gotta, we gotta get some local band to put something together for us. All right. So sort of taking it from a, uh most recent to oldest although i don't think i can necessarily keep up that uh uh timing throughout all of these um one of the more recent ones was just from last week when we were discussing the uefa nations league and all of the teams that are involved in and play in that um you know it came up because we had a week off for international play and a lot of the international play involved players who you know maybe are on 
Well, let's take an easy example. So Harry Kane is on Spurs, but he plays for England. And I think uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is on Liverpool, but he plays for England. And um, uh, Give me a player who's you know, playing for some other kind. Like, like David Luton. Well, that's not a good example. Um, give me one. I mean, you know, Soyuncu for... Uh, uh, beats me. <laughs> if you know that one, more power to <laughs> well, you. No, I'm trying to think of uh, <laughs> players, and I'm... Uh, yeah, he's the guy with, a, like, three umlauts in his name, but I don't know where he's from. Um, well, he plays for what? Leicester or Brighton? Something blue. I thought it was Chelsea. Chelsea, maybe? It's something blue. <laughs> or maybe it is Leicester. <laughs> but you don't remember where... Well, then why did you bring him up if you don't remember where I thought maybe from? you would know. Oh, I thought you, you were looking give for... Give me far too much yeah. credit. Um, there's got to be... Is there, is there a French guy we can think of? Gotta be somebody. Uh, like well, Obama Yang is he from France? He's got Pierre in his Christian name. Christian Polsex from U.S. Well, that doesn't help though. No, it doesn't because they don't play in the. <laughs> that's they don't play in the. That's what we're getting league. at here. All right, so we're not doing a good job of explaining or uh, giving examples of of players from other teams that would be performing in the UEFA Nations League, because all these other countries we're thinking of that are outside of Europe wouldn't play in the UEFA Nations League, because UEFA. Is the what Union of European Football Association clubs? But that's that's too many nouns. Is it the United? Isn't it? Is it? What's the U? Isn't it Union? Like it's got to. What else would it be? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can't think of any other words that start with U. But anyway, the E is the important letter here. That it's European football clubs, uh, and. Obviously, the United States would not have a team in the Nations League, nor would Brazil when I started mentioning David Luiz a minute ago. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that is a competition of European countries, national teams playing each other. And I was openly wondering last week whether or not the U.S. It is union, have, by the way. Union of European Football, football Associations. Of associations. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. They don't have clubs in there. It's associations. Okay. Yeah, because there's no C. It's not UEFA. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was that was sort of boneheaded to to wonder aloud whether or not the U.S. would have a team participating in the UEFA Nations League. Uh, similarly, um, two episodes ago, which I think means three weeks ago, because we took that week off, uh, just in discussing the outrage over the enforcement of the handball rule, the, the newly enforced handball rule. Uh, there was a particular uh, part of that uh, conversation where we mentioned the Crystal Palace-Newcastle match, and I was, I think multiple times, referring to the Newcastle manager as Roy Hodgson when I meant to say the Crystal Palace manager, Roy Hodgson, because Roy Hodgson is the manager of Crystal Palace. And this was you know, such a, like I said, frequent uh, and loud mistake that I dragged poor Jared into it with. I me. agreed with it. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, that's just the, the. There was so much mass to my mistake, like a black hole. It just sucked you into you it. You were just convincing. So is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. I. I still feel bad about it, regardless. Similarly, I think that same week, uh, in discussing the Arsenal Liverpool match, uh, this one I definitely multiple times. I just refused to get the team's right in what I was talking about going on in that match. For example, I was bemoaning the fact that Gabriel didn't start against Arsenal. 
when he is on. Nor will he ever, yeah. <laughs> at least this season, least because this he season. plays for Arsenal, as we as we know. So, uh, yeah, you would think that I would at least get the teams right on, of the players on our fantasy team, because uh, we regaled you all with uh, the story of me happily transferring Gabriel onto our team after uh, passing him over in the initial selection of our team, only to watch him score a goal in week one. So... Uh, I don't think he's scored a goal since, by the way. Just as a side note. No. Yeah. But hey, we got him on the team anyway. Uh, so moving right along, um, this is one that I, I feel really like a schmuck for, uh, but not quite as much as my last one. So um, pretty sure this is the same episode from three weeks ago, um, two episodes ago. Um, we were talking about that handball rule and how it's it was infuriating everybody. And as Jared began discussing the rule uh, and how everybody was ticked off about it in order to, to set that tone of, of the emotions that are tied to this rule now, he's, uh, he you know, is describing the, the, the reactions of managers and players as with great vengeance and furious anger. And he looked at me and he said, what movie is that from? And I didn't immediately know and I blurted out of all things Spider-Man now do you know why I blurted out Spider-Man see Spider-Man is one of those movies that I have not seen oh over uh, no I've seen it but I just haven't seen it enough to be able to quote something famous from it if that was in it all right well the 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 line from Spider-Man that sort of triggered me to think you were talking about Spider-Man I think is actually a line used in the comic books too I don't think it's necessarily limited to the movie but um, so th- there's, there's this line in Spider-Man that's repeated a few times because Peter Parker's uncle, uh, who passes away early in the story, uh, when, when Peter is sort of struggling with these newfound abilities and, and his uncle, you know, not specifically talking about those abilities cause he didn't know about them, but, you know, is, is telling him as a growing young man with great power comes great responsibility. And that, that's why that, I, for whatever reason, well, there's not a lot of similarity. They both begin with with, I guess that's something. There's not a lot of similarities between the two quotes, but that was why I went to Spider-Man still awful to, to forget, you know, the famous Jules speech from Pulp Fiction, uh, which is what you were actually quoting there. Yep. I will have to ding you on that one. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, th- there was a loud buzz on the, uh, in the post-production on that one. Um, so that was, that was a bad one. And finally, this one, it's worse in in my opinion. And we're going back a ways. This is the, this is the early August episode. So it's after the the last season's over, but we, we still, um, put on episode because we were talking about the championship playoff and Jared, um, had done the research on that and was explaining to us how the playoff worked and in addition was explaining to us the odds that bookmakers are putting out on who was going to win the playoff. And we were down to the final match between Brentford and Fulham. Now, as we know, Fulham ultimately won, but at that time we didn't. And so Jared was sharing with us the, the money lines that sports books were putting out for that game. And I guess Brentford was favored, and Fulham was the underdog. But there was also a line for a draw. And, and that surprised us both, because how can you have a draw? This is 
this is how they're going to ultimately decide the third team that gets promoted. You can't both go. This is there has to be a winner. So it'll end with more time and then ultimately a shootout if necessary. But there's not going to be a draw. So how the heck can they even have a line for a draw? And while we're both sort of silently thinking about it, Jared hypothesized, well, maybe the bet is just for the end of regulation score. And there's, I do remember this, yeah. And there's a pause, and I stammer out, "Well, I wonder if 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 maybe the maybe the bet is for the end of regulation." I mean, I literally like <laughs> said the exact words you said, but like five seconds because later. I was in my own world when you said them. But I think I still must have been listening a bit because I, you know, damn near quoted you when you got, I you got there eventually when I had my own like Eureka. <laughs> oh, look what I've independently conjured on my own. This must be the answer. And, of course, I don't think either of us have actually researched the answer. I... No. I mean, as soon as Brentford lost that game, I was like, whatever. Yeah. You know? So I was I was pulling for them pretty hard. But that one, you know, when that when I heard that, you know, replaying the show later, I'm like, wow, that is, that is some high-end just disregard and steal. It's like, it's like um, oh, there's a comic, Sarah Cooper. Is a comedian who she has a book out. I'm not going to get the title right, but it, she's basically riffing on this idea about women in the workplace and how a lot of times their ideas get co-opted by their male superiors who pretend it was their idea. Oh, and she's got a lot of you know in, in, in comedy uh, about that. You know whether the stories are true or or they're just you know things she's written, whatever. She's very funny, and you know that's basically what I did to you. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but that's exactly how it sounds. We should be in a board meeting where I'm like, hey, I just had this idea. Uh, so, yeah, bad on me. But uh, uh, those were the ones I had for myself. And, Jared, I know you had a, a couple of your own uh, favorites to, uh, to embarrass I do. yourself. Yeah, so I think this was two shows ago or three weeks, if I remember correctly. But we were talking about the Peacock fiasco and you know what, what they are sort of contractually obligated to do for us this year as far as team representation and um, you know the related matters and I I said that NBC and Peacock were legally binded to perform certain things um, now that's obviously not the correct tense and I well in your defense I mean there's that 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 legally blind movie that that you were probably thinking of at the time right Le- legally blonde ah well, oh, as that a, as a, but don't bump um, yeah. but, well, I'm going to blame my, my kids for this, actually, because... Wow. That's, we're, yeah, so they're... They're you pretty know, young for you to start playing that card, aren't they? Well, so they're, they're learning language and tenses and everything like that. And, you know, my son will sometimes say, well, he, he drinked something, you know, because you take the verb and you add an ED to it. Yes, and, and makes because sense. the English language is, is way too many exceptions uh, to its right. own rules. So, so you can I'll, blame them. I'll have to correct him and say, no, he, he drank that. But, you know, then I'm going to say that the same thing happened in this case but in reverse i was reverting back to sort of my my son's influence and i said that they were legally binded instead of legally bound um it's understandable and uh the last one here was uh literally just a tongue tongue tie but it turned out to be kind of funny i i this was three or four shows ago at this point but i meant to say for lack of a better term and i said for back of a letter term which I think we should work on making an expression. Like, I think it's pretty good. Back of a letter term. Yeah, why yeah. not? It, it rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah, you know. Um, 
So I think I, I think I got the little boing on, on the show for that one. But um, yeah, so. Um, I mean, I've used intentionally. Oh, I got to get whacked to Burke. You know. Oh yeah. You know. But you probably did it intentionally. I did not do this intentionally. This was a <laughs> well, legitimate. Well, let's error. make it a saying. Damn yeah. It. Oh well. So hey, uh, we uh, we can only promise that there'll be more of these to come. So uh, we. Uh, at the very least, you can't say we're not honest about diming ourselves out when they do happen. So with that, we'll go ahead and take a break, and we will get you a report on the scores from this past week and the schedule for this upcoming week. And we will be right back. Here are your scores from Match Week 5 in the English Premier League. Play began Saturday with the 237th Merseyside Derby, where Liverpool and Everton played to a 2-2 draw. Chelsea and Southampton also couldn't pick a winner, with both squads netting three goals. Manchester City edged Arsenal 1-0, and Manchester United took a road win 4-1 at Newcastle. On Sunday, Fulham and Sheffield United drew one goal apiece, as did Brighton and Crystal Palace. Spurs squandered a three-goal lead by allowing West Ham to match that total with three goals of their own in the final 12 minutes. And the day concluded with Aston Villa escaping King Power Stadium with a 1-0 win against Leicester City. Monday saw a rare nil-nil draw between West Brom and Burnley, and Wolves squeaked by Leeds 1-0 at Ellen Road. Match Week 6 begins on Friday with Aston Villa hosting Leeds United. Saturday play starts with Manchester City heading to the capital to take on West Ham. Across town, Fulham and Crystal Palace will play their London derby at Craven Cottage. Chelsea visits Manchester United, and Liverpool hosts Sheffield. On Sunday, Southampton hosts league-leading Everton. Newcastle visits Wolves, and Leicester takes on Arsenal at the Emirates. The week will wrap up Monday as West Brom heads to the shore to visit Brighton, and Spurs try to right the ship on a trip to Burnley. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back. So now you know who won those matches. Let's talk about a few of them in a little more depth, starting with that 237th Merseyside Derby. So uh, what happened in that one, Jared? Yep. uh, So Everton hosting Liverpool. Um, So even though this one was a 2-2 draw, um, this was all Liverpool. Uh, This was... 2 to 1 ratio on shots and shots on goal almost uh, 2 to 1 possession all the way down to the phantom VAR disallowed goal mm. in stoppage time on a supposed Liverpool offsides. So what part of his body were they saying was offsides cuz I couldn't tell anything from the video. Well that that made me pretty angry, right? Like this goes back to the gripe I had last week that if you're going to make ambiguous rationale decisions, you got to at least walk us through it. Um the announcers were flummoxed as well. Mm. Um, you know, they were saying, well, maybe it was his arm. Um, but if you go back to an offside show we did earlier, right? any body part that's not capable of scoring a goal, like an arm or a hand, doesn't count, should not count in the ruling of, of offside's positions. So I'm, as a fan, I'm sitting here still wondering mm. what happened. I, I don't understand. Yeah. And, and what was crazy about that match, too, um, and I, I assure you I'm not focusing on this because of the fantasy implications, but I'll bring it up anyway. Um, Alexander-Arnold, man, he missed a goal by like an inch yep. on, a, uh, on a free kick that looked damn near like that, that Premier League commercial 
that's on where, where it's just a bunch of scenes from the last 20 years of, of oh, Premier yeah. League where the first the, the one, is, one is Wayne Rooney. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's like the Wayne Rooney shot. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Vardy, Vardy, and then that and then it's you know shot. Henderson, Alexander Arnold, Salah, and the three of them standing around the ball and, and quietly talking about who's going to do what. And those three guys were on this free kick, and this free kick was yep. just outside the eighteen yard box. It was like even like the same, a little bit left of center. Yeah, it looked and, exactly the same. And. Alexander Arnold, like in the commercial, is the one who kicked it, and it was bending and just, just didn't missed. quite get there. Uh, so that would have been good both for Liverpool and for us, since he's on our team and yeah. hasn't done as much as I would like. But well, I'll take that with up with him personally. Yeah. Um, so I, again, and this is another BS VAR call. Uh, the game ends uh, in a two-two draw. Uh, Everton remains undefeated on the year. Um, another note on this, though. Uh, Virgil, I think, tears his ACL on a questionable challenge from the uh, Everton keeper, Jordan Pickford. Kind of win in knee high. Uh, yeah, questionable good. Questionable yeah. might be awfully diplomatic by you. Just about yeah. everybody who's talked about this who knows the game has, has like been outraged. And I don't think it's just because Liverpool has lost such an important player. I'm sure it's yeah. that in part. Um, but yeah, whether it's the ACL or some other part of the uh, the knee, the bottom line is surgery, and it looks like out for the year. Yeah, he's out for the year, and um, retroactively, the uh, FA reviewed and enforced no additional repercussions. Mm, so they, they I had, heard that. Yeah, that was this morning, about six hours ago. So it looks like case closed on that one. Yeah, and I I guess I just had always had in my mind kind of the almost like the hockey goalie rule that because they're so uh, like you can't foul or rather a, like a, like a goalie can't foul you in hockey <laughs> well that's that's what I, it's so rare that you see a goalie do anything wrong you know yeah. it's they almost seem untouchable in some well some that's cases. just it yeah. and i think in hockey that's the idea is that they don't you know they're in they're getting pucks whipped at them at 200 miles an hour you know the least we can do is is you know not, not rough them up yeah. <laughs> not rough them up and not send them to the penalty box or anything like that um but yeah that's that's not quite how it is in soccer and and again the the announcers were, were rather outraged that pickford didn't pick himself up a red card on that which yeah he very well easily could have i mean now that doesn't necessarily mean they're without a goalie right they would just be without pickford right yeah <laughs> so because that'd be pretty awesome, <laughs> particularly from a fantasy perspective. That would be. Let's see how <laughs> high we can get match these totals. Liverpool, 812. <laughs> Everton, 2. Okay. Uh, so, another match from Saturday, I think? Yeah, Saturday. Be? We had uh, Man City hosting Arsenal. Um, again, pretty even here. Uh, just a slight lead to Man City and all the secondary stats. Uh, Sterling breaks through in the first half. And uh, that's enough to hold up for the one nil Man City win here. Um, however, I do think the play uh, and incident that everyone is talking about uh, has newly activated Sergio Aguero ensconced in a little bit of controversy. I don't know if you saw this uh, play or not, Mike. Uh, I didn't see this play. I saw part of the game, not the whole thing. Um, so at one point in the game, Aguero is not happy with a line judge's opinion that Man City did not retain possession after an out-of-bounds. Uh, Aguero argued his, case, uh, argued his case quite a bit, um, 
It was a little heated, very, very vocal, and then he approached the line judge and physically applied his hand and his arm to their shoulder-neck region as they walked in the same direction. Aguero touched an official? Yeah. Oh, my. Um, the problem... That's the problem, isn't it? No. Oh. Well, the problem is that the line judge was a woman. Well, yeah, also another additional problem. So, well, yeah. oh, oh, God. So what happened then? Um, well, as a lot of saying, uh, a lot of people are saying it was intimidation, condescending, physical. I mean, he probably didn't mean any of that, but you can't do that, and you certainly can't do that in this day and age. Um, you know, it reminded me, I think, 10 years ago, uh, Serena Williams was actually fined $10,000 for arguing with and threatening a line judge for uh, a call she didn't agree with. So, I don't know. We'll see if anything comes of this, but, you know, he had a big first day back. I guess so. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, well, and, and Man City pulls it out one nothing. Yeah, one so no. that helps their cause. Um, then that takes us to... I think they're still on the... I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think they're still on the bottom half, though, aren't they? They are, yeah. Jeez. They won't stay there, but... No. Um, in fact, I saw the money line for, you know, who do you think is going to win the Premier League? Liverpool had been favored, but then with the Van Dyke inj- injury, uh, Man City is now favored. Okay. Even well, though... I, I picked them, so... There you go. Yeah. Um, that moves us to Sunday. I'm now uh, nicknaming that Peacock Day because mm-hmm. that seems to be the... Uh, 75% of it was. Yeah. Um, let's start with uh, Tottenham hosting West Ham. So I I think we should come up with a hands-off-those-balls name for this one. Uh, I'm going to call it the Honeybaked honey Derby. Tottenham, West Ham. Oh, my. Yeah. See what you did there? I All did, right. yeah. And uh, it's funny because today I was reflecting on the fact that we have two Wests. That we have West Brom and West Ham. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, so that could be the, the West Derby. Or yeah. The, why not? Uh, Mike, call I'm, this the, the Derby to be forgotten. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you watched this one. Mm, yes. Um, so just a side note on this one. Uh, this one really hammered home to me how intrusive. No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, that, that's right. They are the hammers. Right. Yeah, geez. <laughs> I didn't, didn't even, mean I, it? No, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Um, this one really brought home okay. uh, to me how intrusive fantasy, uh, fantasy results can have on game enjoyment. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a similar feeling when I have action on a sporting event. You know, you, you tell yourself that you can go in with a level head and there's these like undercurrents subconsciously that are pushing you in yeah. weird ways. It's just, you know, bizarre, but yeah, you never want to bet on your, one of your teams. It just yeah, ruins it, the whole experience. Um, but, uh, you know, our fantasy opponent had uh, Kane as captain and uh, Sohn. Um, so, you know, we're going to this thing hoping for a large Spurs win via dormant uh, efforts from Kane and Sohn. Um, and, you know, it's to maximize uh, Tottenham's goal I, differential. I think my, my pregame hope was five goals by Lucas Mora and nobody else. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, did we get either of those things? No. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, within 10 minutes, uh, Kane and Sohn have amassed 25 points for our opponent and uh, 33 within 16 minutes. Uh, I think I think they had 45 total for the match. Uh, which Three way, that, goals in the first 16 minutes yeah. of the match. Um, which at that point was more than our entire team had combined. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so Spurs are up 3-0, um, you know. Sohn and Kane both have goals and assists, um, and we're thinking, well, at least Tottenham's going to win this one handedly, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, Southampton's, uh, sorry, West Ham uh, scores three goals in the final 12 minutes to equalize, including an own goal, 
and a final goal in the 94th minute. Just a brilliant 25-yard missile from Lanzini. With, 94th uh, minute, and it was literally it was the last play of the game. Yeah, it was yeah. set up on a corner. 25 the seconds. Are all saying, you know, well, this will be the last opportunity, and boom, and it happens. And I, you cannot lose a match when you have a three-goal lead with 12 minutes left. No, you you can't you can't lose a match in my mind when you have a three nothing lead after 16 minutes either. Um, you got to keep that pressure on either way, you know, tighten up the defense, whatever. This is a team in West Ham that you know they weren't they were in the relegation conversation for a good chunk of the late last year. Absolutely. Um, that's it. Spurs are going to be kicking themselves for those two points, you know, at some point in the in the future because that's a game you got to win. And if they end up missing Europe because of you know one or two points, man. I out, mean, it's a running joke. I don't know if it's a joke anymore, but there was a running joke with you that they seem to be cursed at giving up these like last minute goals with phantom handballs or you know legitimate defensive breakdowns it's just uh yeah it, it cursed might even be you know a, a little bit too forgiving i mean i i've i've never really felt that they sort of uh were born under a bad sign when it comes to these late losses it's just that they f it up they they if you're up by three goals maybe bring everybody back and defend a little bit more i don't know i'm oh, yeah. not you know i'm not as experienced as jose Mourinho, but that seems like a good idea with a three goal lead with 15 minutes to go come on yeah and you know cherry pick zone a couple of times if mm. you can but um anyways uh three three draws the final zone um, who wasn't even on the field for those three goals getting scored that's true which i mean when did they take him off it was they took him off like it's 75 minutes or so yeah. i mean it, look <laughs> That had fantasy implications because, in fact, our opponent ends up getting clean sheet points because Sohn had played long enough to get clean sheet points, and you get clean sheet points if there's a clean sheet for the time you're on the field as long as it was long enough. So that's why he got him. And then shortly after he walks off, the team swiftly gives up three goals. And, you know, I get it, load management, but I don't know, maybe if he's out there – they get number four, which wouldn't be great fantasy wise, but whatever. Right. You know, I wanted yeah. Spurs to win this game. It's West Ham for crying out loud. They should have they should have won three nothing. But Yeah. All right. Um, also on Sunday uh, was Leicester hosting Villa. Um, you know, Villa's looking good. Second they, place Villa. Yeah, second place Villa. Um Vardy is out for Leicester. Do we know why? I He was out? Yeah. Thanks. Oh, that's right. I did hear about that. Yeah, um, I didn't hear any uh, update on that or anything. But I don't know why. Um, I did, however, hear that that like eight players have tested positive for COVID. Not all on one team, or eight individuals, I should say, because these are in the in the scope of all the testing the Premier League did. Now, so one of in them, the organization, right, or are these players, right, okay. it, in the organization, but this is league wide. Right. It's not like one team has eight. Um, but I, I do think one of them is, is Ayu from Crystal Palace. Oh, Because yeah. he's, he's now out with an illness, which probably means he was one of these players. Yeah. So I, I didn't hear Vardy being one of them, but I also didn't hear a list of names. So I don't know. Um, but this one was a pretty even match. Uh, Ross Barkley 
for Villa. Finally breaks the scoreless tie in the 91st minute. Um, and Villa wins uh, the match 1-0. Um, you know, just a couple of notes on Villa. They remain perfect for the year. Uh, best goal differential by far at plus 10. Three clean sheets in four games. I mean, they just allowed the two goals uh, to Liverpool in that bloodbath yeah. game. Um, but yeah, they're... Uh, <laughs> they scored seven. Yeah. Um, but they're just... Um, they're looking pretty strong. I I don't know what to think about this, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't, don't either. I mean... But, couple of matches you can say oh whatever but you know we are they've only played four um yeah but they've won all four and, and only given up two goals i mean that's yeah, it's pretty good so we'll see if uh we'll see if they can keep that up but one player on villa who wasn't able to keep it up um at least has he had for the previous two matches is our old friend jack Grealish. i'm afraid he did not come in with his red cape and saves the day for us fantasy-wise this week. Uh, he didn't do much of anything. He got points for playing, but... Two points, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but no no goals, no assists, nothing nothing fun like that. Um, although he should have gotten... He should have gotten a little something for the, uh, the clean sheet. I think midfielders get a point or two for a clean sheet, but... Uh. Um, but uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> We're like 25 points behind our opponents, so that's yeah, not going to make yeah. much of a difference. So no big rescue from Grealish this week. Uh, but before the play began, uh, Jared and I had this text dialogue back and forth where we were trying to decide which defender to start. Should we start Arsenal's Gabriel or should we start Everton's Michael Keane? Um, and after bringing, I think we both brought up some very cogent arguments for, for each side of that debate we ultimately settled on gabriel yes who's not the one who scored a goal in the first five <laughs> the first minutes five. of his game i mean it was sort of just <laughs> like the big middle let finger us have a little bit of time to <laughs> enjoy the merseyside derby before slapping ourselves in the forehead damn I it i don't think i'd sat down yet when you know <laughs> so yeah we, we picked wrong on that and that's michael Keane's second goal for a defender that's um we may have to look at that a little more carefully in the future. Um, Bruno had another had another fine performance for us. Not good not good enough to win, of course. And I he was in my doghouse for a good chunk of the game because he missed a penalty kick. Who does that? He does. And I if I if I'm uh, have my notes right, he'd made twenty straight something like that. I, mean, I think everybody's made twenty straight. Nobody misses penalty kicks. That's true. That's why you lose points in fantasy when you miss a penalty kick so the fact that he was our captain meant that he didn't lose two points he lost four because all points are doubled yeah and it meant he didn't miss out on getting five points he missed out on getting 10 points, 10 points. so it was a 14 point, point swing it was the only way i could look at it as i'm sitting there fuming and then he ends up you know scoring and getting an assist i think yeah i mean he wound up with 22 but he could have had 36 yeah. i mean but i did do the math that would not have been enough because our opponent's lead is so oh, okay. Well, so, yeah, yeah I, I was wondering for a while, like, hang on here. It, did it really all come down to that missed PK? But no, they, their lead was big enough. So so good on them. Um, even though we, uh, we started the show with a lot of baseball talk, I did want to uh, wrap things up today with a little more non-soccer talk, if you don't mind. But it is the sport that I find to be most closely uh, similar to soccer 
Uh, Jared, do you know who Mike Doc Emmerich is? No, he's got one of those really cool, like, early 1900s baseball player names, but <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure I know who that is. Doc Emmerich is uh, currently, well, up until today, had been the voice of NHL on NBC. Basically, every important hockey game for the last 20 years has been called by Doc Emmerich. He's, you would know his voice if you heard it. I probably he would, is, yeah. He is, the, he is the Vin Scully of the NHL. He, he's been calling hockey since I was born. Sort of like the Marv Albert. The Marv Albert of the NHL, you know, whatever you want to call it. He's been doing it forever. This is the guy who, if you look it up on YouTube, they've got these um, compilations of him calling a game. And just in regular calling of a game, uh, he has used 100 different synonyms for the word pass. So just, and, you know, he'll just be quickly calling the game because hockey moves fast but he's got a different word for pass every time because it would get pretty boring to just say, okay, and Jones passes to Smith and Smith passes to Johnson and Johnson passes to Williams. No, he's got a, a whole catalog of words in his head, you know, that you know, he feeds it, delivers it, sends it, slides it. He's got all of these just at the ready um, because he's the best. And uh, I'm not much of a hockey fan, but I can appreciate – his work and he's done five olympics um and uh, he began his career back in the 70s uh, calling devil's games and then he moved to calling games for philadelphia flyers and then moved back to calling games for the new jersey devils um and then for the last several years he, he's just been doing national games for nbc um in 2017 Sports Illustrated, um, I don't know if it was in the context of a list or if it was just a standalone thing, said that uh, Doc Emmerich was the greatest sportscaster of all time. He is the he was the first, I should say, um, media member to be inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame. Um, now, Sports Illustrated in 2017 said he was the best sportscaster of all time. You can debate that, you know, there's, you know there's, there's Vin Scully out there, there's Keith Jackson, there's, you know, there's Marv. Um, but here's what I think you can't debate is that Doc Emmerich is the best doing the hardest job in sports broadcasting, which is play-by-play play of a hockey game. I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, it, it, it moves so fast. I'm, I just marvel at people who are, are capable of doing it okay, and he does it the best. Um, this is not a, an obituary. He didn't pass away or anything, but he did today announce his retirement, and he will no longer be calling hockey games for NBC or for anybody else. It is a tremendous loss for NBC. It is a loss for anybody who's a big hockey fan. Again, I'm not a big hockey fan, but when I heard the news, I could appreciate the, the import of it. And I have a great appreciation for his uh, ability to call a game. So uh, on behalf of the Hands Off Those Balls team, I just want to tip the cap to Doc Emmerich, wish him a great uh, yeah, retirement. Yeah, have a good retirement. Yeah. And to, on behalf of anybody who is a hockey fan, I will extend thanks and appreciation for his years of work and service. So with that, 
we will wrap things up for this week. We, uh, we really do appreciate you listening. You know, we say it every week, and sometimes it might sound like we don't. Uh, you know, just sort of saying it but not thinking about it. But it is, it is the truth that without people listening to the show, we really don't have a show. So we thank you for tuning in. We will do our best to give you a good product every week. We hope we did this time, and we hope you'll listen to us next week. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay happy, have yourselves a great week, and we look forward to talking at you next time. Take care, everybody.